Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and today's guest is Ross Flora. He is an awesome producer, singer, and songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee. His latest single, titled Cannonball, was released on April 8th. We talk about how we started in the music industry, what it's like playing in the Nashville scene, and much more. I know you will enjoy this one, so here it is, my interview with Ross Flora. With me on the line, he is an amazing Southern rock artist out of Nashville, Tennessee, Ross Flora. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, long day at work, you know, but now the fun begins. It's the podcast world. Amen, amen. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of work for you, it's all it's all play, right? None of it's none of it's work, what you do. Oh, man, that's what you want to believe. But yeah, yeah, it's... It has its moments, you know, where it's definitely some work sometimes. But. Take us through the beginning. What's, uh, how was your journey like getting started in the industry? So uh, getting started, um, not, I mean, before it was like in the industry as a professional musician. Yeah. I grew up singing and grew up playing, you know, I started playing uh, piano at around age seven. And then I uh, really started getting into guitar at around 11 years old. And then from mm-hmm. there, guitar was like the first thing I could really like express myself on. Uh, in terms of it just took it to another level. You know, piano was always like mm-hmm. kind of reading sheet music and doing that. And I started learning how to play guitar and it was, uh, you know, I could express myself a little better on that. And then from there, you know, I, I found my voice singing wise and I started playing professionally around Roanoke, Virginia when I was seven, 16, 17 years old. And you know, did that for a couple of years and moved out here to Nashville in 2012. And nice. Yeah. Ever since. Yeah, I lived in Richmond for a while. Music is there yeah, too, yeah. big there too, you know. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, Cannibal released on April 8th, right? But be- yes. before then, I know you talked about, you know, the type of music and how you started and everything, but was there an artist that you heard when you were a kid or whenever? You're like, all right, yep, I don't know what I have planned, but what I have planned now is to do what that person does. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty early on was Greg Allman. Mm-hmm. Wayne Allman, of course, guitar side of things, but singing, just hearing Greg sing, just mm-hmm. kind of was like, oh, okay, I could do this, you know, and it's, it's kind of my blood, you know, that's my dad's favorite band. It's my favorite band. Oh, the Allman yeah. Brothers? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I can, you know, I love that just Greg's voice and yeah, the music that they make is is something special. So, um, yeah, so whenever I heard that, and I mean, I heard that very early on, that was, mm-hmm. you know. It was the first concert I ever went to in a in a big room and was see them and I was just like, "Yep, this is my piece yeah." Um, what's your thoughts on the debate between you know like newer country and older country? Do you see much of a difference, or is it been mm-hmm. pretty much steady? Yeah, I mean, I see most modern top forty country is just rock music now. You know, which is fine. I'm a huge rock guy. I love that. But- <laughs> You know, and that's kind of why I switched over into country a little bit was because it was, you know, I was a metalhead at 16 years old or 15, 2015. I mean, I was an Ingvay Malmsteen fanatic. And like, really? And I was like, the, yeah, that, I mean, you know, yeah, I love Dimebag and, you know, Kerry King and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on. But I was, um, yeah, 
Is it uh, at, Roanoke Fe- at Roanoke's Festival in the Park that they have down there? Their big festival mm-hmm. that they host every year on Memorial Day weekend. And yeah, uh, my buddy, my buddy Skip puts on as being a huge mentor to me. And I got to sit on the side of the stage when Jason Aldean came through that first year, right when Hicktown dropped. And it was a wall of orange full stacks. And I was just like, oh, this is okay. This is like different than like pedal steel, you know twanging country this is rock drop d riffs you know that are in a in a country setting now we're just singing about country stuff it's it's rock and roll through and through so i love it and uh it took me a little while longer i'd always like appreciated the old country but it took me a little while to get out here and be playing it day in and day out to be like oh okay like i really really love the old stuff too you know so it's you can't go can't go wrong with it but there's definitely a big difference yeah did that change happen like after 2000 or was this like a more like 2010s thing like when did when did you notice the change yeah it was um from the rock stuff i think it was heading that way throughout the mid 2000s because that Mm. was i mean whenever i look at like my favorite blend of country it's right there that like early sugarland you know kind of just that mid 2000s where it was still like produced like the 90s stuff like you know you had some diamond rio type production and big vocals and all that but it was starting to get more gritty guitars and more and you know just just and then from there then rich redmond started programming drums on that one jason aldean track and then that's when Mm -hmm. we kind of yeah i blame him for that that's yeah oh you don't oh you don't uh you don't blame blake shelton you know no no yeah i was i remember man Rich Redmond was like, he's like, yeah, we programmed drums for the first time. He put a big, you know, 808 mm-hmm. drums on one song, you know, and it's like hip hop drums. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But no, I was just kidding on the Blake Shelton reference. But because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it seems yeah. like whenever you need a generic country artist for some art for some uh, TV show or whatever, right. it's like right. it's either him or, you know. A, yeah, a couple yeah. other, a couple uh, other people, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more power to them, man. <laughs> Maximizing it. But. Yeah, man. Um, so let's talk about Cannonball, man. Um, yeah. Talk about how that project started and the uh, genesis of it all. Yeah. So the project was, um, oh no, for that song, it probably started years and years ago. I had those the first four lines of that that song in my head for years now. It was just like could never find the right song and vice versa, you know, for the lyrics to go to and vice versa for a guitar part to fit with it. And it was, um, and I was just doodling and, you know, I was practicing something and then that, that guitar riff just kind of came out and I was jamming on it for a second. I was like, okay, I can hear those first four lines. And then from there, it just all kind of dropped in a night. So that was the, that was the songwriting aspect of it. And that's, it was one of those real easy ones that just kind of fell out of the sky to you. And it was, but from there, we uh, recorded it. Me and two of my friends, uh, Douglas Gross and Jeremy Pearl, recorded it all in house, and uh, you know, in our little studio. And so we, uh, yeah, got that done, and then I took it over to uh, my buddy Mike Esser at Sundog Studios here in town, and he, mm-hmm. you know, mastered the thing. And I play downtown uh, five days a week. You know, I do seven to ten shows a week, so I'm always down there playing the originals, but. They're in the middle of a four-hour, three-hour set, you know, usually, you know, throw in, you know, five or six <laughs> originals in there, you know, just, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there's alcohol involved, right? Yeah, yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> in a while. What's, your, what's your drink of choice, Ross? I'm a Jack Daniels man. 
Oh yeah, just yeah, just straight knee on the rocks. Yeah, yeah just neat, you know. And <laughs> if it's some of that better stuff, like that Sinatra blend or something like that, I'll do it on the. Rock. I won't it, disrespect that with a shot, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I've, uh, yeah, you're man after my own heart, man. I do, I do straight or on the rocks or neat. Yeah, I don't mix it with like when I was a kid and got a club or whatever. You know, I would do whiskey mm-hmm. coke, but like that's just right, to, right. you know fit in or whatever, but. You know, yeah. once you, once you get to past that, you know, I don't give a crap. You know, it's just like yeah, I'll just do it straight. You know, back in back in the day, man, we used to play. I was talking this with my buddy a while back. You ever play quarters when you were a kid? I didn't really. You know what? Um, you, you I know think what quarters? You know what, you know what quarters is? Yeah, where you bounce the quarters into the glass. Ba- yeah, so we would have okay. we would have a shot glass, and not not like this, but it'd be like a normal shot glass. Okay, and yeah. um, and what we would do is we would do it differently though. We would pour the jack in the shot. In the sh- we'd have all the shots poured out, and we'd hand them to people. And you would take the shot. With you would pick who took the shot. So you would do the quarter. If the quarter went in your buddy's shot glass, and you wanted them to do it, they had to take the shot. But the quarter had to stay in there. And they had to spit. Right, the, right. They had to spit the quarter out <laughs> after yeah. they took the drink. You know. There you go. Add some, but, add some flavor. But now that yeah, the alloy. Now everyone has <laughs> now everyone has all these apps and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um who's on your uh who's on your playlist right now, Ross? Like current stuff. Like who's your um, go to? Big Wreck is my all time kind of like band that nobody seems to know about that I always have to tell people about. But uh they're insane. They're a Canadian band out of Vancouver. They're all around just awesome rock and roll band. So they fill mm-hmm. up a lot. Uh, a lot of Jason Isbell. Um, been listening to some of the new Jelly Roll record that came out. So he's got a lot of cool songs on there. Nice. You know, I've been learning a couple of those. Those are a lot of fun to sing and play. And uh, what else? I mean, just a mixture of some, you know, some old. I try to work through a couple, you know, George Strait songs out of the however many number ones he's had in his career. I'd always that try guy, to keep that a couple guy. like fresh. That guy is just like unconscious, man. Him, oh, man. Um, Garth Brooks is my personal favorite. We're talking about yeah, old, yeah. <laughs> old country. I was a big yeah. Garth Brooks guy. Yeah, uh, uh, my, yeah, my really. mom, my mom, uh, my mom's crush is Kenny Chesney. So oh, is that right? Crush on. <laughs> she she'll probably listen to this one when I tell her it's a country singer. She'll probably listen to this. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you think? Um, do you think country is still kind of I wouldn't say forgotten about now, but you do you think it's getting its just due, like as in this grand scheme of things with today's um, like youth, or do you consider yeah. like an older thing? Or talk talk about what you think perception is country. I'd say if anything, it's become more mainstream since the you know days of mid two thousands, where it was a little more adult contemporary style. You know, in terms of how smooth it was and. As far as how it's grown, I mean, again, I'm living in the bubble here, but mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot more kids, you know, or twenty one year olds than you did back when I first moved here ten years ago, you know, all the time. So it's I don't know. Yeah. I see, I see on on uh, social medias and you know on, on different pages and stuff, just what my friends are liking. I was like, I never would have dreamed you would post a country song like you know, <laughs> ever many years ago. And yeah, my ex girlfriend, she. Uh... She uh, got me into the, um, I don't know the guy's name, but uh, Gary something. He had that song Airplanes. Yeah, uh, Gary Allen. 
Yeah, do you like that yeah. song? I love that song, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting right here watching airplanes. Yeah, that's a great song, man. That's, you should yeah. you should do a cover of that, and then yeah, and yeah. then be oh, like, can, and then be like one. the shout out to the sensibly cynical podcast and do the cover. Right, you right. know? Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I bet you'll get downloads from that one though, like if, for the views right. or listens. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, yeah. I'll check the out. What for y'all? You obviously uh, you know study music for years and years and years. Which I asked this a while back. I've been interviewing a bunch of musicians over the years, <clears throat> and I um, have a I have a good question here. What's your thoughts on cover versus original song? Because I watch these reality shows and stuff like that. <laughs> and back in the day, uh, Howard Stern was like, "Oh no, I like original music." And you know, AGT uh, America's America's Got Talent. <laughs> and then um, who's the other one? Howie Mandel was like, "Oh no, um, I don't like original music." So, what's your thoughts on that debate? original versus cover to get noticed um i think they both definitely have their place um as far as like getting noticed and getting mm -hmm. your name out there though i'd mm -hmm. say i'd say you want to have your own original music just because i mean it is nice to have that apples to apples comparison if you do go out and do a cover it try to do it exactly or better than the original artist did it then that's you know that's that's saying something huge right there if you can pull that off and mm -hmm. um but I always, you know, I grew up and, you know, it was kind of like what was taught to me from some of the old veterans that I came up with and all that. They were like, man, like it was especially like, so it was mainly with uh, like learning Van Halen. So like that was kind of the thing. It was like, all right, get to like learn his entire albums, like note for note, figure them out. And then like then start doodling with your own stuff. But it's like, man, once you try to take on a new style really focus on what's been done before and try to, you know, get yourself immersed in that and then learn yeah. from that and figure out, you know, what you're going to go from it. So, mm -hmm. or what you're going to take from that and then use it in your own way. So, I mean, I, I definitely think both the original, you know, side of things mm -hmm. and the cover side of things have equally important uh, aspects to them, you know, like, cause so many people, they start out young and all they want to do is write their own stuff. And that works for some, but you know, you want to, mm -hmm. If you've never gotten up there and had to try to sing, like, you know, pick your artist, you know, a legendary artist, you know, some Greg Allman, yeah. or, you know, yeah. or Chris Cornell or something, then, you know, it's. My mom, I go back to her because she's always my country, my country guru. But if I texted her right now, she'd be like, Dwight Yoakam, mention Dwight yeah. Yoakam. So yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta mention Dwight Yoakam every time I talk That's about right. country. That's right. He's a, he's, he's so underrated. He's so underrated. Yeah. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Getting that leg going. Honestly, Campbell's the first solo release. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of, you know, the first time releasing songs with other folks, but this is the first time it's been me as the artist and going for it. But I've, I've written songs since I was, you know, younger, mm -hmm. way younger, but I didn't never really know what I wanted to say. And um, I do have a couple songs that are coming up on this EP. They'll be dropping mm -hmm. in mid-July. Is this your first EP? Yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, oh, that's the first EP. Yeah, okay. First. I didn't know if it was your first or if this is just a new one coming out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's the oh, first release I've ever done it as a solo. Nice, one. nice, yeah, man. Yeah, so you will, a whole new you will, I bet, I bet, I bet you're excited, huh? Yeah, oh, it's a, it's been a blast. I want to say it's been, yeah. Has it been different than it's what real. you thought it would, thought you thought it would be, especially with you know technology and everything like that? Is there anything about the aspect that you don't like or surprised you? It's been very easy. Um, I've, I'm running through a uh, dead horse branding. And all mm -hmm. that, like we were talking about a little earlier before we start rolling, and um, mm -hmm. and they're like, say they just 
took everything, you know, I'm just, I basically have a meeting with them, you know, I have a meeting with the overall kind of with a couple people in the company once a month. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, what do y'all need from me? What's my, where are my deadlines? And it's from there, you know, it's, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, man, throw everything at the wall, see whatever sticks, trust y'all's judgment. And it's like, (laughs) so from there, you know, it's, it's been remarkably smooth and, you know, I've gotten to do a bunch of these and I've had a good, um, relationship with them over the last couple of years, you know, and Danielle and everything like that. So, um, it's awesome. I'm so thankful for your time. Um, couple years down the line, like you want to do this, like literally for the rest of your life, or is this something that like, talk about how, what's your like future plans? Oh, I mean, I will be playing music until the end. for a living until <laughs> I die. Yeah. That's sign. You know, it's, there are a couple real old timers that play downtown. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in Nashville here and they're like, oh, man, I, I mean, it's awesome. They've gone on. They've done the Civic Center shows. They've done that. Right. You know, they're just now they just really love playing and they want to do that every day. Are you one to, they, they, are you to do like a local tour eventually? Like go yeah, from yeah, here to here it. to here. To, yeah, yeah, I'd love to tour and that kind of stuff. I've, I used to be uh, on the road a lot as a lead guitar player and, you know, backup vocalist, just as kind of like hired gun for a bunch of different bands here in town. So mm-hmm. spent the first five years, just about every weekend was on the road going somewhere. So I kind of got that really? on my system for just well, no. the sake of touring. Oh, talk about yeah. that. If you don't mind, you had a story from that time? Oh, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah we just, you know, yeah. we meet up at the van, you know, they were all pretty much the same. You meet up at the van. No, I never made it to on a boss yet. So it's kind no, of but I'm saying, do you got a good story from back then? Oh yeah. I got plenty. I can't talk about, but yeah, Oh, you can't right. give me one. Oh man. <laughs> no, no. I thought, I thought I was going to get you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, every weekend with every day of every weekend was a story, you know, it's just a lot of fun. You know, if you're lucky enough to play with your, you know, with some friends that you're real tight with that, you know, yeah. and like family that makes it even better. Yeah. I had that opportunity for a long time. So, well, the music scene in Nashville, obviously self-explanatory um, for an outsider. What, like, what are a few places that are must see, like for a person that they say, hey, I want to go to Nashville for the weekend to see this. What venue <laughs> is like a, is like a must? Would you put number one, like country artist venue? Um, well, I mean, it's probably cliche and everybody knows it, but the Ryman auditorium, that's, mm-hmm. that's probably the best place to see people, a person play. And, you know, on this side of the, you know, the country, cause it's just so historic. I love going there and seeing, you know, some monsters like Derek trucks, you know, I saw him and Isbet, Jason Isbell and all those guys. I and mean, they just, I like to say you're, you're playing, you're not even competing with who might be out there in the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a good, if it's a like, you know, a world-renowned musician, it's going to be just <laughs> chock full of sharks in that room. Yeah. You know? so it's like, but you also got to compete with all the people that the ghosts in that place is what mm-hmm. I say. And like, so they, even the, you know, biggest stars in the world, they still bring it an extra level, I think, in that place than they do anywhere else they usually play. I mean, short of, you know, just a couple of, you know, crazy, uh, you know, famous venues around the world. Well, obviously. That's definitely and I'd yeah. say um, I'd say Third and Lindsley. That's one of my. That's obviously a place I like to take people if they ever come into town. That's mm-hmm. a um, it's a little, it's a slightly well, yeah, it's a lot smaller in the Ryman, but it's a n- nice size club, just uh, still downtown. 
And that's like where Vince Gill and the time jumpers play. Vince and, Gill, bro. Oh man, now you want man. You, want you you you're getting you're getting fancy, huh? Oh man, that, <laughs> that one will make you want to put a guitar down. And then you know, make, yeah, it's I, you go see them time jumpers. Seeing, I remember watching the CMT videos as a kid, and like he would be on there a lot. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he would yeah. release so much stuff that'd be like, I thought he just released something like last year, and then all of a sudden he has like something new out. He was pumping mm-hmm. them out, man, in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, he has all in projects, and he plays with the Eagles. He's, yeah, doing that. I mean, he's just, yeah, it's it's wild. That guy's mm-hmm. the godfather of, <laughs> of something, of something, yeah, of, yeah, of country, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how many songs did you say we're going to be on this EP? What's your uh, right now? We're looking at six, but it might be seven. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna like slowly release each one, or what, talk about the rollout plan? Yeah, it'll be just a volume of work all coming out. So that's what that? uh, we released. Cannonball, Cannonball mm-hmm. was, was written it. about the same time of yeah. So they've all been on deck about the same amount of time. Okay, and you're just, just gonna yeah. So we wanted to break the ice with Cannonball a little bit, and then from there, you know, then release a larger volume of work here. And, mm-hmm. and so. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be, it's gonna show off some different sides, you know. Like I right. love Cannonball, but you know, it's, I'm more than just the rock and roll side, you know. So yeah, I saw something. I read, I read that um, you said music is therapy. Um, can you talk about that, or can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've tried to. That's the right way to put it. Um, that's what like music was to me, especially coming up in church. It's like, you know, you, you learn to feel it and the more you do and as hippie as that sounds and all that, you know, it's like something that you, you're supposed to feel. And that's the, at least the allure of it over, you know, that's why I think it was created for, you know, all these centuries beforehand. It's like, and then from that point, that's what I always, that's my favorite part about being a performing artist is that, you know, you get to, you get to give that to somebody. And when you see somebody in the crowd, that's like really like getting what you're putting out there, that's what makes it. And that's kind of why I love singing. You know, I've always wanted to be a soulful singer. Always wanted to play soulfully just for that reason. And um, so, yeah, it being therapy, you know, it's the most basic form of therapy we have. And it brings out emotions that you didn't know you were dealing with. And, you know, it's, you know, there's nothing like a good record. You know, when you're tired and when you're, you know, frustrated and, you know, get your, get your back right, you know. And mm-hmm. What, it, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on the producing side of it? I know you yeah. do some producing, right? So what's oh, your yeah, thoughts, yeah. what's your thoughts on that side versus basically the side that you just mentioned, you know, conveying out feelings to people. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on the producing those thoughts? Yeah, big difference, I mean, big difference same, huh? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the same vibe, but just you're having to do it in like a sterile environment, you know, when you're producing and you're having to look ahead and see what how people are going to be reacting to it versus when you have real-time feedback, you know, in front of a crowd. But, but yeah, producing is a lot of fun because I mean, you can, you're not, I don't know, it's good and bad because you're not just, you know, whatever goes, whatever comes out of your, you know, your voice or your guitar or whatever your instrument at whatever time is what you're going to have in a live environment. But, you know, when you produce, you can really sit down and sit back and go over a thousand different ideas and see which one, you know, resonates mm. the best. So, And that's, that's a great thing about music is what one person likes 
could be something from another person and the key is to find that balance right <laughs> yeah and sometimes yeah. sometimes people have like different balance like the same song but have different you know oh, remixes yeah. and stuff you know what i mean like one remix will be this song this type and then the next remix will be a different type of the same genre right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and shoot yeah. i mean that's the that's the a good song right there you know I mean, that's the one of the definitions is that you know wherever you're coming from whatever perspective of your life you know whatever you, whichever way you're looking at the song it's going to hit you some way oh. somehow and it doesn't have to hit you the same as the person beside you that's dealing with something else but you still get something out of the song so that's mm. yeah that's the yeah, my we, awesome song, <laughs> so what's the hardest part about this like as we've talked about how great it is and obviously it's fantastic everyone loves music but if you had to pick one thing that's really hard about it, what what would it be? Um, I mean, it's just pouring your soul out night in, night out, day in, day out. You know, I'm recording. I'm pointing my studio. It's kind of over there, so I'm just pointing at that. But it's like you know, you and sometimes you know you're giving it all it's got, and then, you know you don't get it back, and, and so that's that's tough for you know everybody. I don't care who you are to to deal with. You know, and they're just those good and bad nights and. You know, and if you're doing it right, then you are pouring yourself out there. And it's like having a, you know, a therapy session. And, you know, if you don't get that reciprocate back, it's a, it's heavy. So that's, um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, the other, the other thing is, you know, not getting burned out. You know, you give so much yourself away all the time, you know, not, again, night in, night out, you know, you, you find you don't have anything left for yourself. So that's, that's a tough part, you know, if you're, so you got to figure out ways to stay motivated and stay excited about life and, you know, still mm -hmm. give something to the people that you're performing for and doing it for. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. No doubt, man. Um, I have similar vibes with uh, podcasting too is I've been podcasting for like, I don't know, I guess four years now, four or five years now. And the thing about it is, yeah, like I know, I know people that podcast Ross that literally don't take a break. I can't like if I like if I have no and plus I get nickel and dimes off this thing but if I if I'm like right now I'm like I'm thankfully into this music world and I've gotten few you know yeah. producers that help me out but if I don't have an episode um I just shut down for like two weeks oh right right yeah because With gigs, you know yeah. if mind block like you were saying like if you have a mind block there all the creativity stops like mm -hmm. you can't do it if you if you're not thinking right so i hear yeah. you man <laughs> you know yeah absolutely absolutely so. and sometimes uh, alcohol helps with that right we're talking about whiskey. yeah sometimes it frees <laughs> up some roadblocks you know gets them out of the way for you all right man well where can people find uh you on social media what's your uh handles so i have uh on instagram it's ross flora music r-o-s-s-f-l-o-r-a music and then mm -hmm. on my Facebook, I have a, a page. It's Ross Dash, or it's Ross Flora Official. Mm -hmm. And then my website is www.ross-flora.com. And where can people find Cannonball? Just wherever they stream yeah. music, Apple, <laughs> Spotify, all the above. So yeah. Sure and uh, do you have a title for this EP, or everything's still in the? We're still, we're coming up with one. I was trying to get a little, I was trying to get a little sneak peek from you. I almost got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, oh. I've got a title coming up. But yeah, 
that's the one song I haven't quite gotten done yet. So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to, I don't know if I, you know, but uh, I, I do like the, um, I'm thinking about naming it the uh, Shoulders of Giants. Oh, nice. I like that. I feel like that's a great way to get started in the industry is paying homage to how I feel about. We were talking about that. Yeah. I I get to, you know, I'm standing here trying to fill these boots of Titans and, you know, just the hardworking family I come (laughs) from and the community I was raised in. Yeah, man. I middle class, but my my work ethic doesn't doesn't say much doesn't say that my dad my dad uh worked for nasa he was on the launching pad dang man that's awesome so he worked he worked on the launching pad for 30 years good day dude and they should talk about that oh man what nasa it's boring to people people think it's boring oh well not me not me let's talk hey what's we got we got four que- we got we got like five minutes what what's one yeah. question you got about it because i because i got some answers i mean yeah yeah so what what era was he was he on the apollos this, this was this was well he moved down here in the 80s mid mid the late 80s um i'm 87 so we but he moved down here we got the house in 95 they're Illinois family, so they moved to nine. They're nineties, and yeah. so yeah, Atlantis. Yeah, he was yeah. Con- he contractor. So we we were thirty minutes away from the launching pad, so we would see the flight as at, on Saturday mornings yeah. when I woke up. I didn't think anything of it. It was like, oh, I guess I got to get up and start chores. The yeah, the yeah. house the house was shaking. Well, I guess that's amazing. <laughs> I guess oh. I guess it's time for me to get up now. <laughs> <laughs> And you know it sounds cocky, but like as a kid, no, yeah, well, yeah, as, yeah, you get used to it, yeah. But that's as man. a kid, I kind of didn't like it because it's like, oh man, not only does that mean I have to get up, but Dad's home because he's, you know, because right, it's, yeah, his cause it's done the launch. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you know, no, nah, man, it, it's it's uh, it's all right. You know, there's always a downside to everything, and not every, right. you know, there's always a downside to everything. Yeah. You know. but that's pretty awesome man that's nice. yeah yeah we'll talk about that another time next time you yeah ask. next time next time man. <laughs> all right ross thank you so much man this is awesome hey, well thank you for having me and uh i'll uh i'll tag you and everything like that okay all right sounds good man stay in touch all right man yeah likewise you as well this was awesome all right yeah all right good. man all right have a good night all right see you bro all right see and there's another one in the books. Once again, I would like to thank Ross for coming on the podcast today. And I would like to thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. This is episode 187. We are inching closer and closer to the magical 200 number. If you have any ideas, guests you want me to have on the show, or anything like that, let me know. Um, DM, email, you know the routine. Um, we are on Twitter at... Cynical Sensibly Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod. You can check out our Facebook page. Also, you can go on WordPress, of course, YouTube, and so much more. Um, The coffee mugs are still available on Bonfire, so you can help out the podcast by getting one of those. Those are really cool. Um, And so, that's it for this episode. Please stay safe and take care.